Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. four-to-five-month journey through ups and downs, highs and lows. The 2022 Division Three basketball season is off and running. Lots of UMAC teams have already gotten a chance to hit the court. We'll break that down in some of the results here as this is the men's preview for the 2022-23 season. Wymerell Ryan Mitchell, unlike any other, the UMAC. Feels good to be back, Ryan. I mean, I know we had the coaches' interviews throughout the offseason here leading up to the season, but... This kind of start here where we do the previews for both the men's and the women's side, that kind of officially feels like the start of the season. You know what I mean? I totally agree, Wyatt. I hope that uh, you are doing well, that you're uh, staying in the moment. This is a great time of year where the fall merges into the winter and there's so many things going on. And yeah, Wyatt, it's great you know, for us to be able to go back and forth like this. And don't get me wrong, we really enjoyed the coaches that we were able to talk to leading up to this season but now that we can get into the thick of it and you and I have a chance to converse back and forth I hope our listeners enjoy it I mean don't fret we're going to get more coaches on we're going to get players on as well but it's good you know to shoot the breeze between you and I because we haven't done this since what like late September when we had our first uh, welcome back episode if you will yeah, I'm trying to think, like you said, and it's it's been a while. I don't have the exact date. You're putting me on the spot here. But your point to get across there is that, yes, it's been a long time, and it's just it's nice to be able to kind of preview the upcoming season, a season that really has a lot of interesting storylines, both on the men's and the women's side. Again, we're just going to focus on the men tonight because that is the preview, and that's what we're doing. But uh, th- there's a lot of unique storylines. It's kind of a new era of UMAC basketball and I'm excited to dive into it, break it down, and just the fact that some of these teams have played already now in the past couple of days, it's just kind of cool to go and and look at these box scores and see how guys are doing and what teams are going to do at certain positions, and uh, I'm very excited in case you can't already tell. Yeah, ditto, White. I would agree with that, and just as a reference point, I think we should mention before we get too much further along, we are recording this on Wednesday night, November the ninth. So we know mm-hmm. some information, like you mentioned, to start the season. But uh, this is lots of speculation tonight. So if you are a fan of talking heads and speculation, oh, we're going to speculate wildly, especially why it has some <laughs> hot takes to come here in the next I speak 40, the truth. 50, 60 minutes. I mean, however long we talk. I speak the truth. That's all you got to know. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize for it. You're like Stephen A. Smith, and I'm looking forward to it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> don't don't compare me to Stephen A. Smith now. Come on. I like I like Stephen A., but, I mean, yeah. that's not not quite my style. I won't go there. Sorry. I won't I don't, throw it anymore. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to shout in order to get attention and basically get clicks and views just, you know, at Mad Dog it's, or something like it's that. It's in so. his contract, Wyatt. It's in his contract that he has to raise his Fine. voice and sure. use all of his high-level words every so often. Sure, 
for sure. ESPN, you know, and even first take, way better when it was Stephen A. and Skip Bayless. We don't have to get into that, but it, it's kind of gone down a hill for me. But anyways, <laughs> with that being said, you want to just hop into it? What do you want to start with? Because we're going to, like I said, do eight through one. We're going to give our team previews. We're also going to pick player of the year, and then we're going to pick coach of the year as well. And Ryan might even tease a couple of upcoming games as well at the end of the pod. So where should we start, Ryan? Well, Wyatt, I think it's uh, it's interesting, and, and plenty of our listeners to this podcast already have seen the preseason coaches poll that has been released here somewhat recently. My first question for you is going to be, should we reference that after we do our own picks to compare, or do we want just quick brushstrokes of that release for how they were listed one through eight before we get into ours? Do you have a preference? So to be clear on what you're saying here, you want to go over the UMAX first? As far as I'm like what they released, we can do whichever one you want. We we could do ours if you want, and then reference you know how ours compares to the official preseason coaches poll again, as voted on by the coaches, how they believe the conference will fall this season. Why don't we just go like this and just quick run through what they released, okay. just so we have that down. And I mean, I'm looking at it right now. If you want me to just run through it quick, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I here mean, as well, it, but go ahead. Yep. And, I mean, maybe you'll disagree with this. I don't know. We'll find out. But Northwestern, I mean, pretty unanimous, number one. Not quite. They had six first-place votes, and obviously they can't vote for themselves, so that means they just missed one first-place vote. They're number one. You got Bethany Lutheran with one first-place vote at number two, Crown at number three with one first-place vote, and then it goes North Central, Superior in that 4-5 spot, Minnesota Morris at six, Northland at seven, and then the Knights of Martin Luther rounded out at eight. So as far as like how the coaches voted, to me, as we'll get into our rankings, I, I don't think there's a ton of surprises. I mean, that that's pretty – I mean, when you have a team that wins the conference the year before, most of the coaches are going to respect that and put you at number one. And, again, just based on what we know about these teams, because a lot of the coaches, Ryan, and, and we've even talked to them – uh, coming into the year, you know, it, it's kind of new for them too with all the different players that left and whatnot. There's a lot that's just kind of up in the air. So this is kind of almost just going off of what we saw last year, which it usually is when you see the preseason poll. It's a great way to put it, Wyatt. And it is worth noting that coaches do have to exchange rosters at least as far well as that they knew them a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago when they do vote on this to determine. And I will say, and I won't get into the specifics of this, at least not at the moment, but there have been some changes, I guess you could say, from those rosters that were exchanged at that point to what we now know about each team. And that's kind of where I'll leave it at that because, yes, I agree with you for the most part, but also guys who leave programs, especially at the top of the conference, are taken into consideration, okay, Yeah, you may have had a really good year, but you just lost a couple key pieces. So how does that factor in? And maybe some more on that later. But yes, I would agree with you for the most part. Not too many surprises there in their preseason coaches poll. All right, with that being said, let's hop into it then. And again, if you have any information on a team that you follow, if you're a member of a team, you want to give it to us, feel free. It's not going to do much good for this preview, but again, we'll redo this uh, rankings before the conference season begins and uh, you can look forward to that I guess I don't know when the first conference game for sure is going to be played I was going to tell you why it's not that far away because we have that little taste of UMAC play next month before we hit winter break and before we really get into the heat of it in the new year legit 
as I mentioned earlier, we're recording Wednesday night the 9th. One month to the date from today, Friday night, December the 9th, first mm-hmm. UMAC games are taking place. So it's it's not even that far away, and we're going to redo this in that week leading up to it, like you mentioned, Wyatt. So, yeah, we can make some adjustments, but we only got three, four weeks of games to look at before we make those official adjustments where we got to lock them in, sign, seal, deliver, give the sealed envelope away, and see how the season rolls. Alrighty, I love it. I love it. It's better that it comes at you like this quickly and i mean some anticipation some you know suspense is good but at the same time it's just fun to get into it so i appreciate that they're willing to start that early because in years past i mean you may not see conference games till january you know so it's nice to get that little taste like you said with that being said do you want to go first here or do you want me to go first and i'm assuming we'll each pick like our number eight talk about it number seven and so forth so on i can go first i'm uh, more than willing to start here so Wyatt, it was, uh, it was a club that uh, you forced me to talk about a lot last year because I kind of went out on a, uh, on a little bit of a ledge in our uh, preseason picks uh-huh, last uh-huh, year. Uh-huh. I had Martin Luther, the Knights from gorgeous New Ulm, Minnesota, as number four in the conference. And uh, I got a lot of feedback on that saying, wow, okay, including from yourself, Mr. Morrell. And uh, you were kind of right to have some pushback because it did not go as planned, and they were uh, – Number eight, last season they finished in the regular season standings at a record of 2-12. and 12. I have Martin Luther finishing in eighth once more. You know what? If players are listening to this from the Knights, Coach Holtzheater, somebody's got to be put number eight. I wish we could put no one at number eight, but that's not how sports work. So uh, I have the Knights, Wyatt, at number eight. Yeah, no, I do as well, and uh, like you said, I mean, somebody's got to be there. We always say use it as bulletin board material if you have to. Uh, they they did get a chance to play. Pretty much every team has gotten a chance to play now besides Bethany Lutheran on the men's side, counting the games that we saw tonight. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's only so much you can take away from their first box score, but this is a team that it, there's a lot of good teams in the UMAC, and I just don't see them being able to hang with some of the top teams and and again, there's there's only so much I know about them, but going off of what happened last year and where they've traditionally been and kind of looking at what they're going to have to deal with with some very good teams up near the top as usual, uh, it's going to be my number eight pick. And uh, hopefully they can prove us wrong. You know, we always cheer and hope for everyone to have success. So we'll see what happens, and maybe they can even slide up a little bit higher by the time conference play rolls around. Who knows? We will definitely have to wait and see on that. I'm going to now go to you. I think we should alternate. Who is your sure. number seven preseason pick? Yeah, number seven. And I went back and forth with a couple different teams I thought that could be here. But I'm going to go with Minnesota Morris at Ooh. number seven. They were a team that we were high on a year ago. They've lost a few guys, a couple guys that we actually talked to and interviewed last year, if you remember that one, Ryan. I'm sure I the do fans remember. do as well. Dylan Hyder, and Tath yes. Yep, and now they're both gone, which we got some information on this Morris team from Tath, so we appreciate that he's still listening and you know we can reach out to a guy like that and he can get us some information, but... What was their problem last year, Ryan? They just couldn't defend, right? And mm-hmm. and what's to make me think that's just all of a sudden going to change coming into this year? And again, there's some other teams here that I'm a little bit higher on coming into this year. And so somebody's got to be seven, just like somebody's got to be eight. And after what happened last year, I'm, I'm going to put Minnesota more seven. Until you prove you can defend, 
uh, you just aren't going to get as much respect from me personally as you otherwise would. And I'm all about offense and fast pace, Ryan. You know that, but you still got to be able to get stops, and that was something they just could not do a year ago. That is a theme, absolutely. And in this moment, I'm not going to share more of my thoughts on Minnesota Morris because they're not my number seven. So stay tuned for that. I am agreeing so far with the preseason coaches, Paul. I have the Lumberjacks of Northland College, Coach Scott Sorensen's club, as the number seven this season in the UMAC. They finished number six last year for what it's worth at a record of five and nine. I have them at number seven. And why? they do have some pieces back. Your guy, Jordan Brennan, back for another season. Oh, yeah. But Velas, mm-hmm. he's a really good outside shooter. They shot the ball really well last night against UW Stout on the road in that matchup for Northland College. They still fell in that game, but honestly, if I'm a Lumberjack fan, and again, I know it's only one game, so we're not going to go deep-level box score hunting, if you will, but you know, if they can shoot the ball like that, they're going to give themselves some opportunities here and there. And we remember last season, Wyatt, for the Lumberjacks, they had those two surprising wins. I mean, I guess I'm assuming. I think you remember that. And uh, the home games against Bethany, and I'm blanking on the other one, Morris. Morris and Bethany, mm-hmm. they took down mm-hmm. in the opening weekend, and ourselves included, the eyebrows kind of raised like, oh, okay, what what do we got here? I mean, yeah. are the Lumberjacks going to be in the hunt for a playoff spot? They end up not really being there down the stretch. And, you know, my biggest questions are, can they rebound against some of these top-level teams? I mean, the Bethany's, the North, uh, Northwesterns of the world, the Crowns of the world, are they just going to have second and third chances throughout the game? And they got to turn the dial at least one, if not two notches, defensively if they want to move up and have a spot to be in that 4-5 or five range wide as we head down the last couple weeks of the season once we get into February. So that's my question for Coach Sorensen's club. You know he's going to do everything that he can. We uh, enjoyed our conversation with him last year and enjoying or looking forward to, I should say, an opportunity to talk with him again this year. But the odds, I shouldn't say, are stacked against them totally because they do have some returning pieces. But rebounding and defending at a higher level are the biggest questions I have for Northland. So they are my number seven. How about number six then? Are you going Morris there at six, or do we have another maybe a little bit of surprise? Do you think I got Morris here? I would assume you will, but again, I can't read into your mind. Folks, you're going to have to still wait about what I think about the Morris Cougars. They are still not going to be talked about yet by uh, myself. I have the UW Superior Yellow Jackets as the number six in the UMAC. Last year, Wyatt, you remember they finished in the number five slot, six and eight in the regular season. And then they gave Bethany Lutheran all that they wanted and then some in that quarterfinal. It was the best game of quarterfinal action by a long shot. When they were in Mankato, they lost 80-78, to 78, but that game was up for grabs with a minute to go. And, you know, Coach Polkowski's club couldn't come up with the victory. But, Wyatt, the big thing with Superior, what they lost – We talked about it a lot heading into last season, early in the year. Three huge pieces that they need to count on each and every night, defending across the perimeter, finding a way to make timely shots. Xavier Patterson and Mason Ackley are still in the UMAC. And we're going to talk about them in a little bit, I promise. But they're not Mm -hmm. any longer at UW-Superior. And then also, Mm -hmm. don't forget about Eli Vogel. He's no longer on the squad as well. Javon Walker's the biggest name back, maybe, that people will notice. Joseph Fahrenholtz, also a really talented guy. And 
It is entertaining to watch Superior Wyatt. They dig in maybe more than anyone else across the perimeter, switching ball screens. I don't know if they're going to be able to do as much switching this year from a defensive standpoint after losing those three guys. I'll have to wait and see once they have more games and I'm able to watch them play, but that's something I'm looking forward to doing. So Coach Polkowski is a fantastic coach. I mean, he's hard-nosed. He's into the game and then some when it's happening, especially on the defensive end. He's stomping his feet. His hands are up. He's in a defensive stance on the sidelines. That guy's entertaining to watch. All that is to be said, though, I got a lot of question marks with this team, Wyatt. What do they look like with so many new faces? Javon Walker is going to have to be real good on both ends of the floor, and he's a fun guy to watch, and Fahrenholtz is going to have to average 15-plus, maybe 17, 18-plus per game if they want to have a shot to be in that near 4-5 slot to be in the top half of the UMAC. And for me right now, there's just too many questions with Superior. I think they'll still find some ways defensively, but where does the scoring come from to keep up with the top half of the conference, when these games get to 70, 75, 80-plus points that you need to win, I'm not sure the Jackets can do it. find it interesting. You're drinking the Kool-Aid there with Morris again. And, I, I mean, Superior, that surprises me that you'd have them at six. Uh, they're not my number six team. Also, put some respect on Joey Barker's name, a guy that's been in the yeah, program for a few years. He had fair. 15 in the opener, and he yep. can shoot and get hot. And uh, I'll tell you my opinion of Superior a little bit later because at number six, this is where Northland comes in for me. Coach Sorensen, a guy that has a ton of knowledge on the game. He's been all over the place. It was a great conversation that we had with him a year ago. And again, there's just something about Northland. Jordan Brennan, a guy that's back now, I think he's a guy. It's weird because there'd be some games where it, it was like he didn't play very much, didn't get many shots. In other games, he'd be scoring 20 a game. So it'll be interesting to see what he does this year. And, you know, I mentioned Ashland, Ryan, and how weird their baseball field is. I call it the Bermuda Triangle, basically. Some weird things happen up there. Hey, same could be set up there on their home basketball court. They, they pull off some pretty impressive wins at times there in Ashland. So with a year where I think Morris is going to be down a little bit and Northland potentially with some of the guys they got coming back, I'll slide them up to the number six spot. I'm not going to go crazy with it and go overboard, but I think this is a team that has the potential and will have the opportunity that number six spot and who knows maybe even to surprise some people a little bit more yeah and there's some more belief in uh the lumberjacks mm -hmm. for you this year because you had them last at number eight last and, year so and you know you got to learn from your mistakes right yeah. and i mean you, you got to move on and learn from that so that's what i'm doing here and i'm hoping that that pays off so if we move along then and go to my number five spot and uh, believe it or not, I'm actually not going to have superior number five oh, either. Oh, and I think I know what's coming then. I'm going north central yeah. at number five. And a couple of reasons why. Now, it's interesting because you look at this team from a year ago, Ryan. Remember what people were saying. They thought this could actually be the team that goes and wins the whole thing, right? Yep. And, and there was just a couple of games that didn't quite go their way in the regular season, and it was just kind of a weird season for them. They still have easily one of the Conference Player of the Year nominees, and we'll get to that later, but, I mean, if Filer can continue to do what he's been capable of doing this year, he can carry them. But there's some question marks, some pieces they have to fill in around him, losing, uh, I don't want to say his name wrong, especially now that he's at Northwestern. Is it Fuquay or is it Fuqua? Zeth, Seth, Fuquay. Okay, because you're going to have to be saying his name quite a bit. You know, you're going to be I on will. the call, and we'll have more on him in a little bit. But he he's gone. Yes, and, and remember what he could do. Like he he could score points at a, the drop of a hat, run an offense. He's over there at Northwestern playing the point guard role for them in their opener. So losing a guy like that, 
having a new coach come in, and I love the conversation we were able to have with Coach Becker, but again, a little bit maybe of inexperience, and that totaled with what they lost. It's going to have to be Filer kind of carrying them, it seems like, this year if they want to go places, and I think Coach Becker learns a lot. There's a lot of growth in this first year, but I could see him easily finishing middle of the pack downward towards that number five spot, so I'm kind of going out on a limb and saying they're going to be number five this year at least as of right now. And again, this could change easily by the next time we do this. I want to see more here in the non-conference before I make like a final determination on what I think of this team. Yeah, lots of good nuggets there, Wyatt. Plenty to chew on. I will mention, and I'm you know, going to talk more about North Central, obviously myself as well, but you know, Seth off the bench, we always talk so much, it was kind of hard to figure out you know, his role and his playing time type of a thing. Castro is obviously the huge gaping hole that they have, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's still in the gym often, which is kind of weird. No, I'm just kidding. He's a coach, so Coach Becker is he, he's in the gym all the, the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't play, unfortunately, for uh, North Central. And I know Rams fans would like to see number two lace him up once again, but yeah, that's that's a big thing I'm watching with them. But I'm not talking about North Central yet, so I got to slow my roll on that. Why? Don't have to wait any longer. I'm not going to keep uh, rolling okay. Minnesota okay. Mars down the road. Did, what, what, did you think I was going to have them three, two, one? <laughs> I mean, anywhere higher than five, I already think you're pushing it a little bit with yeah. them, and maybe I'll be wrong, and I hope they do prove me wrong. Again, I want success for all these teams, but, yeah, I wouldn't go any higher than five. Even this is a little bit questionable, but why do you have them at five, Ryan? I'm curious. Well, you know, you learn from your mistakes, as you just mentioned, Wyatt, just a few minutes ago when you're moving up. Northland from number eight that you had him at last year to now number six I'm moving Morris up from number seven to number five and with them it all starts and ends with Noah Conageezer now a senior Mm -hmm. transferred in last year from Concordia St. Paul when that guy is on the floor the defense has to defend against a lot more his passing ability his shooting ability especially off the dribble especially working with his right hand wide, okay? If you go under the ball screen and he can get to his comfy spot, pull up Jay just a little bit outside of the elbow, he's going to make two out of every three of them, and he's just going to keep doing it all night long. You mentioned a little bit earlier they can score. They like to get up and down. I think a lot of people thought we could have seen more from them last year. I know you talked about that earlier and were a little disappointed, but I like a lot of the pieces that they have back, and that's not to take anything away from Tath Dak and Dylan Hyder and other guys that they lost from that senior class, but I still think there's plenty back. And the key for me, again, it all starts and ends with Noah Conageezer. He needs to stay healthy. I'm not sure exactly what the deal was. Like I said, we're recording Wednesday night the 9th. They played tonight, Wyatt. They picked up a big win on the road against Concordia Moorhead. Hey, Wyatt, for the first time this year, what can we say in non-conference play? What's the tag? Uh, I don't want to. No, no, no. Wait, no, no, no. I don't want to say the wrong. I I don't want to say the wrong thing here. We got to get back into our groove here. It happened last night as well. The UMAC over the Mayak. It's a good start for the UMAC. I was actually no. I was actually going to bring that up. Three, three and three now after the results today, to be exact. Thank Uh, you. I'm I'm just coming it up. Yep. With there being seven games, you know, there was the one game that Northland played against Stout, so that didn't you know count. But otherwise, three and three. And uh, North Central kind of let us down a little bit. I felt like that was a game we could have had. We could have been 4-2, but we'll take 3-3, three and three, all things considered, on the first two nights. And more on that uh, a little bit later in this episode, so uh, stay tuned for that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to, to sidetrack there, but you know I could not resist the UMAC v. Mike. So congrats to Morris <laughs> oh, on opening good. up the season with a win. Paul Dack will get some more playing time. Jarrett Johnson, kind of geezer, as I mentioned, some transfers into the program as well. K. White, here's my, my proclamation. We were talking a little bit before we started recording. 
Noah Conageser needs to be first team all UMAC in order for Morris to do anything of significance this year and make a push in the postseason, potentially host a game at the brand new court that is Jim Gremmel's court down in Morris, Minnesota. It looks really nice, by the way. And if they could host a playoff game there, I'm sure that they would uh, enjoy that in late February. But all eyes are on him, in my opinion. And See, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, what does anything of significance mean to you? Is number five in the conference, which is where you have him at, is That's that significant? significant? That's significant because then okay. you're in a spot like Superior was last year, and there's no guarantee when you're in the 4-5 going on the road that you're going to do what Superior did, but that could have easily been Superior's ball game. I'm saying they are in a spot where it's a razor-thin margin at worst as far as an improvement when they lose and can't advance to the semis, or Minnesota Morris finds themselves back into the semifinal round because why okay they finished seventh last year but i would say there was a considerable step down from superior at six and eight at the number five spot and then obviously morris you know some games could have gone the other way but them at three and 11 in the number seven spot there was a big difference between five to seven can they make that jump up and at least knock on the door of being in a game in the umac tournament and then winning it and by the way i'm speculating with all this why who knows this year do we switch back to just one versus four, two versus three, and there's no quarterfinal round? Or the quarterfinal round, I should say, is just what we've had in the past, where it's the play in the four versus the five. I mean, are we going to go back to that? Or are we going to stick with all eight teams are in the playoffs? Uh, whatever the ruling is now, I mean, there's probably a 50% chance it'll change by the midway point of the season. So we're not going to speculate past, So who knows? <laughs> who knows? Exactly. I, I have no idea. And whatever I tell you tonight will probably end up being wrong. So I'm not even going to give it a try. That's that's very fair. I don't have much more to say on Morris. They got to do better defensively. I agree with you on that. But uh, I'm expecting big things from Mr. Conagieser, assuming he can stay on the floor. Morris coaching staff, Coach Grove, and all his assistants, do whatever you can do to keep that man healthy and on the floor. I mean, he's a he's a good talent, obviously, if he was playing at Concordia St. Paul in downtown St. Paul, and now he's at Morris. Take advantage of it. In his senior year, he may have another year of eligibility, I guess, but he's one of the top four or five names I'm watching in UMAC men's basketball this season. Just remember defense travels. And it does. again, that's my <laughs> biggest that's my biggest question mark with this team and what we it's saw valid. last year. So that's the only so that's all that's all I want to say. But anyways, now as we get into the top four uh, what do you got at number four? I'm guessing I can figure out who this one's going to be. Take a guess. Who am I going to say? I'm going I'm to guess you're going to say North Central. That is correct. I have the uh, North Central University Rams dropping from number two where I picked them last year, which wasn't far off. Okay, with all the tiebreaker shenanigans. I mean, they were number three, but they had the same record as Crown, who was number two, and the same record as Bethany, who was number four. Not to get into that whole debacle that was last season, trying to figure that out. Anyway, moving back to this season. It is a big question, Wyatt, and it's worth noting, like you said, I mean, who knows? You could pick a variety of different ways that the non-conference slate's going to go and then conference play under first-year head coach Jeremy Becker. And he's had some good experience on the bench with these guys, so he has a relationship with Micah and you know guys like Cam Thomas and Jonathan Thompson that I think of who are going to have to take the next step. Those two post players, Wyatt, now – in their junior seasons, you're no longer underclassmen. You are upperclassmen. You have to be leaders, especially with guys like Justin Castro gone, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. Micah can only do so much. But here's the deal, Wyatt. If I'm Micah Filer coming back for my COVID year, I mean, I'm not going to say it's player of the year or bust, but it's not far away from that. 
It's first team knocking on the door of player of the year. We're in at least a semifinal playing in that game, and then whatever happens from there happens. But his eyes have got to be real wide thinking about what he could accomplish and then thus what the team could potentially do because I think he feels the weight on his shoulders now more than ever. And the question is, can the old man out of Sacramento carry all that weight? And I know they need much Don't. more than just – what were you going to say? Don't call him an old man. I, I mean, call I know every, he's okay. Every guy who's there for like a fifth year or <laughs> staying an extra year, I call him all the old man. I think I said that with he's, Noah Alm last year too. He's not like the quarterback <laughs> from North Texas that's like twenty nine this year and has like sure. a wife and a kid. I mean, he's he's not that old. I mean, he's not. That's valid. He's not like Brandon. He's still Weeder a bucket getter. Yeah, he is a bucket getter. Absolutely, and he's still got. You know, a quick first step and all that. I'm not acting like, you know, all of a sudden his limbs aren't working as, as they used to. I'm not I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just saying Michael Filer uh, has been around the UMAC for a long, long time, and I'm looking forward yeah. to watching him. And at the point guard position, though, you're not going to provide the same scoring that Justin Castro did. You don't have to. You're not necessarily – you're probably not actually going to have the same intangibles as he did as a leader. Toughness, playing through injuries. You're not going to have all that. But what will you have? And the biggest question for them rising to the next level, I actually don't have a lot of doubts that Micah Filer is going to put up big numbers, Wyatt. We need to see more and more consistency out of Mr. Thomas and Mr. Thompson. Those guys need to be putting up some double-doubles here and there. they got to be a force to deal with, especially, again, against the top teams in this conference that we expect. There's some physical dudes in the paint. When you think of the Northwesterns, the Crowns, the Bethanies of the world, they got to be up for the challenge. Mr. Thomas and Mr. Thompson, I think, are going to take this North Central Club where they want to go, and it's going to be up to them. Because I kind of trust that Micah is going to rise to the occasion. Well, some of the other guys as well. Yeah, no question. I mean, all the attention will go on Filer because, you know, he's the guy that's coming back. Like I said, one of the few, I think, options for preseason player of the year, which we'll get into and a guy that's going to have to lead him. But you're right. I mean, a leader is only as good as his guys around him and his role players. So other guys are going to have to step up, especially when he gets all that attention. And even looking at their first box score against Augsburg tonight uh, clearly was not the case. As I mean, you know, they had some balance, and there was five guys in double figures. But a guy you mentioned, Thompson, not, not his best performance tonight. So uh, there are going to have to be other guys, starters that step up and play a big role, and time will tell, I guess, what this team can do. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think you're right as far as it, it's going to have to be the other guys. Yeah, I don't really have much else to say there. So am I now going to guess who your number four is going to be here? Okay, so I'm looking at what you got so far. Are you, like, crossing them off as we go along here? Well, I think, I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm going to be real surprised because then you are really, really – liking the bee stings left and right on your arms up and down i don't think you can take any more stings wyatt i think you have to say superior here you can't wait any longer can you yeah no superior is number four and i mean the top three which we'll get into like you said i mean we both have the same top three as far as the teams go which i mean shouldn't be a huge surprise to anybody here's the deal superior has proven like you said that they can play defense they have Javon Walker still, who can take over a game. We saw it last year. He, he can score points when he needs to. Again, put some respect on Joey Barker's name, a guy that can score. He's a good three-point shooter. Okay, wait, and wait, real quick, Wyatt. Am I misremembering, or was he an Elk River kid? No. Okay, I was going to say, is, if there, he is was, there a deeper uh, reason why you're really, you know? No, 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 no. <laughs> if he was, I completely blocked it from my memory. So I, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't believe he was. But uh, no, enough, I sorry. just... <laughs> 
He's had some really good games in the past. I, I think and that he, needs to he be. He did last night. Shout out in the win against Scholastica. So that's a good point. Yeah. Well, and that's the other reason. Maybe I'm just going off of a one game thing, but you beat Scholastica by 16. And I know Scholastica's maybe not the Scholastica of old, but there's. I'm looking at Scholastica's roster, and they got some guys that I still remember from a few years ago, Nick Carlson especially. And. Uh, Superior had no problems handling them. So to me, that says this is a team that plays physical. They can play defense. They got some guys that can take over a game on the offensive side. They've got a veteran coach in Polkowski. And again, that's where maybe I lean to them over North Central and Becker's first year with all of those different factors that are in play. But those are kind of the two I'm looking at for the 4-5. It'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. And both those teams maybe could give a run to the top three, but they're kind of in that second tier after this top tier, which we'll uh, get into here in just a little while. But yes, they are my number four, and this is why it's so fun to talk about this, because we do have different rankings and different perspectives, and uh, that just goes to show you the depth of the conference and the different scenarios that could play out. So are you saying, Wyatt, that if in his first season Coach Becker has to take his Rams club on the road in that opening night, and this is assuming, you know, either it's the top five or all eight teams in the 4-5 matchup. If they go in to the bee's nest across the border, that is must-see, standalone game, clear the schedule. That's a battle to get into the semifinals. Is that high-level compelling stuff, in your opinion? Let me put it this way. If that <laughs> happens, we, we sleep in May, okay? <laughs> all eyes are on that game, and... Yeah, that would be that'd be a classic right there because you've got the new coach, first big you know tournament game, an opportunity to make a statement. Micah Filer, uh, assuming he's coming off of a strong campaign, trying to be Player of the Year, and then you got a superior team who, again, I think is one of the best defensive teams in the conference with an opportunity on their home court to get a win, advance to the semifinals, get back in a spot that they you know are dying to get to. That, that would be a good one, but time will tell. Who knows? Maybe both those teams will miss the playoffs. Maybe they'll be higher. I mean, you just you don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm really excited to see those two specifically when they play head-to-head and see how those results end up going. Defense wins championships, as you always say, Wyatt, but hashtag downtown you. The three-ball travels, you. too. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes. I mean, you know, solid. Uh, I'm just saying, I mean, uh, defense will always travel, but offense sometimes can be a little shaky, especially on the road. I mean, look at that Tennessee-Georgia game the other uh, week in college football. Mm -hmm. I know it's a different sport, but pretty good metaphor, I feel like, for this time. Yeah, yeah, the high-flying offense does not always travel. That is that is valid. All right, I gave my number four first, so you have to give your number three first. We each have three teams remaining. The question is, yeah. what order will they fall so I'm going to assume we have the same number three, and if we do, we can talk about them at the same time. But if not, then you know maybe we won't. I have Bethany Lutheran at number three. Whoa. Is that the case for you as well? Whoa. Yeah, I have the Vikings number three too. All right. You know, I, I, I could see you, you know, as you try and get me rolling there and get me amped up thinking maybe you got them a little bit higher. I could see them, you know, being a little bit higher. And, again, with the transfers coming in and how they're going to have to try and replace a few key pieces going out. We already talked about that with Coach Garvin, and this is going to be a fascinating team to watch. They, without a doubt, went out in the transfer portal. They had the most success, I would say, arguably getting both those guys from Superior. 
Now how will it all match together? And the thing is, Ryan, we don't know because we haven't seen them play yet. We haven't seen a box score. We haven't been able to look at how they're going to be used. And quite frankly, even when we do after game one or two, it could look completely different by the time conference play rolls around. So they are by far the biggest wild card on the men's side coming into this season. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I guess you could put it that way. And, you know, I like what you mentioned about the transfer portal. Maybe that makes them the most of the wild card because, you know, they lost massive pieces and guys who were huge leaders on and off the courts. And like you mentioned, why I'd enjoyed our time getting some more perspective from Coach Garvin. So I would encourage you all to listen to that if you haven't yet. But, yeah, I, I guess you could go that far to say they're the biggest X factor because I think you could make a case, why for them to finish as high as first in the league if all the new pieces work out well and they win those close games that they just fell last year by a little bit and had a tough time finishing in the last five minutes I mean is it too much of a stretch in your opinion to say that people could pick Bethany to at least win the regular season and be the number one seed this year well that was just the thing is they just could not find a way to win some of those games that they easily could have had so yeah, I mean, you you could make a case. Again, I think the two teams that are in front of them, which we'll see which one's one and which one's two, I, I think they're still maybe a step ahead at this moment in time. But there's definitely the pieces and the talent that the Vikings have to put it all together and potentially compete for a conference championship this year. I absolutely could see it. And if we get to a point where they are a serious contender towards the end of the year and even maybe trying to host in tournament play and be the one seed and have home court advantage all the way through, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world again because they do have the talent there, I think, to do it. So why two kids who grew up in Superior, Wisconsin, who went to Superior High School, who then went to UW-Superior, and I'm not going to get into the whole reason they left because obviously neither you or I knows that. But then they no, leave. It's, I'd be curious though. <laughs> I would be curious. I, I I would speculate, but I just I have no idea exactly why. They and, left and did and they make the, the decision to go together? You know, or what, yeah. what? What was behind that? Did they tell Coach Garvin when Coach Garvin reached out to X as he likes to call him or Mason? Did they tell him like, hey, hey, listen, before this conversation goes any further, we're a package deal, man. You're not getting me without x or without mason like i don't know that would be interesting but anyway my question for you wyatt how big of a role do you think they play this year i mean are we talking you know their second and third leading score first and second leading score are they guys who are consistently playing 32 33 plus minutes i mean what do you envision because i think we may undersell the rest of the surrounding pieces we know hunter nielsen the man in the middle i mean Dude's a character. Dude's a great competitor. I'm a big fan of old school post game wide. I'm telling you left and right. I like the three ball. I like constantly throwing up jump shots up and down. But man, it warms my heart, Wyatt, when sometimes for just even a couple minute stretch, pound the ball into the post, let the men go to work. Referees, put your whistle in the pocket for a couple minutes and let's just see some body blows. Let's see some guys go at it on the block. It is a lost start. And your guy, Drew Timmy, is bringing back the lost art and maybe trying to get Gonzaga that elusive national title this season. That Not that we're talking D1 right now, but I, all that is to say, Ashburn, I think, is going to have a big jump up. Don't forget the name Riley Ashburn. We know Justin Shrupp can sure shoot it. He can space the floor. Drew Sagdahl is a walking bucket when he gets going. He's a transfer from St. John's who's just a sophomore. They got other pieces where the good thing for – Xavier Patterson and Mason Ackley, they don't have to be Kyrie Mayfield and Brian Smith. And obviously it's going to be tough to, to be those two guys with everything they supplied. But getting back to my question, Wyatt, what do you expect from those two guys? 
Well, if you try to be those guys too, you're 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 just not going to be able to. Again, they were the them own selves, if that makes sense, like versions of themselves, and they had just an unbelievable career and season especially Smith last year and what he was able to do so again if you try and live up to that or be another version of that it's just not going to work so they have to be themselves that's first and foremost they got to play their game be their own player and you know again we've seen what they can do they are UMAC guys they've played in this conference they know what it's about they have a physical attitude to them and I expect them to be big contributors right away I don't think they would transfer from a place where they were getting significant time and players going somewhere else Ryan if they didn't fully anticipate they were good enough to immediately contribute so I expect that Coach Garvin has a plan for both of them. I expect we see him in the rotation, and I expect him to be a big reason why they do have success this year if they are able to and maybe get to the point where they are competing for a conference championship. I think they have to be if they want to accomplish everything they hope to do this year. Yeah, I've said it with a few teams, but I'll say it with them too, Wyatt. Losing Brian and Kyrie, I don't know if they can play up and down maybe as much as they have in the past. I think they got to change their style a bit, and because of that, their defense has got to go up a notch. I don't think they can win the type of games that they've been able to win the last few seasons where they can score 85, 90 plus, 95 plus as needed sometimes. That can't be their style. So their defense has got to be better, and I think Patterson and Ackley help with that. I mean, Mason Ackley was the all-defensive team last year in the UMAC when he was over at UW-Superior. And, you know, Hunter Nielsen's obviously going to help with that if they do get by those tough guys on the perimeter. He's saying, I can help erase things with his shot-blocking ability. So... I think that's going to be a key for Bethany this year, and then it's going to be spot-up shooting. The Sagdahls and the Shrups of the world, when you're open and your name's called upon, feet set, shoulders square, let that sucker fly, and you got to make big-time shots and big-time moments, and it's not going to look the same for Bethany. But that's why I'm so curious, Wyatt, in just his third season at the helm, really his only second full season. We talk about Coach Becker, oh, in his first year, we'll see what happens, and obviously that's a huge storyline. But, you know, Coach Garvin's been around the block. He's had a lot of different experiences, but it's still just his third year as a head coach, really only a second year when you take out the COVID year. He's got to adjust this yeah. year. I think they got to look yeah. different if they're going to have success this season. Well, he always talks about that too, and he mentioned it when we interviewed him. You kind of structure your group or your game plan around the guys that you have. And yeah. so I, I would expect him to be on top of things. He knows what he's doing over there, and it'll be fun to watch the Vikings play. As we get into the top two here, Ryan, why don't we talk about each one of them first before revealing where yeah. we have them, just in case we Build have the them drama. separately? Because I want to talk about each team together here because I think it's worth doing. So let's just, you know, I, I'll let you choose. Which one do you want to talk about first, Crown or Northwestern? The two let's teams talk, that were talk, in the championship game a year ago. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Northwestern, I guess. Okay. I'll let you start. Northwestern. What do you, what do you think I'll, about I'll, the Eagles? I'll go for it. They've had a little bit of yeah, success, I, haven't they? That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just time and time again they produce results. Coach Gross, what an unbelievable career he's had there at Northwestern, everything they've been able to do. And, again, they have the pieces to easily go back-to-back, -back, win another one this year. I mean, when you're you're talking about guys like Kyle Kaming, Henry Fambule, and just the other guys that can fill in, I mean, pop. Osternich is a guy who got the start in the opener, and and not only that, but the guy guys coming off the bench too. And I can't forget about Hoyleen either. I mean, uh, another guy that's just a walking double double with what he's able to do, the athleticism. They have all the pieces in place 
weeks to be the best team in this conference again. They've got great coaching. They've got uh, a great fan base behind them. They're used to success. And quite frankly, some of these guys are hungry after the way last year ended, even though they made the national tournament. It was a game they easily could have won. Uh, against who was again Pomona Pitzer I want to say yes, the I'm, I'm saying that. what the were they the, oh that's right yes uh, that, that's I thought they were the seagulls <laughs> or something weird weird logo weird nickname whatever good for them but uh yeah it, it's so funny because they lose arguably the two most valuable players from their team a year ago and you know easily the leading scorer in the conference the guy that can go and get a bucket whenever you need him to and Noah Allman then kill Waldeck you know the point guard who ran the show and yet it looks like based on what we're hearing what we're seeing and from the first game a dominating performance against Hamlin they're able to replace that and do it their own way and kind of piece this thing together so I would not be shocked if they have just as much success it's going to be really interesting really fun to watch the Eagles and how they progress as the season goes along yeah White I'm going to circle back to the guy that you mentioned a little bit earlier and he started at point guard last night again point guard not shooting guard in the place that we saw him for a decent amount at north central now don't get me wrong there are spots where he came off the bench and he ran the offense he showed that from time to time but you know reading between the lines a little bit i think one of the bigger reasons why he moved to northwestern Wyatt is the ability to play in this role he knew that caleb waldeck was leaving the program a guy like noah almu handled the ball so often was leaving the program it was a big question mark who's going to fill those shoes is again not just the traditional point guard in that sense but in you know more positionless basketball that we're seeing more and more at the college level the pro level whatnot who steps into that role crunch time who's setting up guys or getting his own shot off the dribble who's the guy who obviously starts in the point guard spot is obviously a big deal to be the floor general he saw that opening and said I can fill that I may not have the chance to do so here at North Central Again, I don't want to put words into his mouth because I don't know the full reason why he left, but you can understand why that he saw a door was open at a program like Northwestern just down the road in St. Paul, a team that's had a ton of success that he's played against. Why we would be dumb to think that these guys are not constantly evaluating other UMAC teams. We just talked about it a little bit ago with Mason Ackley and Xavier Patterson. I mean, these dudes are smart. Like, they don't just keep an eye on what's happening obviously within their own team that's the priority but at the same time you know when you're 18 19 20 21 22 you start to sometimes think could the grass be greener on the other side and it's never been easier to at least entertain the possibility and so all that is to say I'll stop speculating on that why the lefty out of Colorado Springs for me easily the biggest question mark for Northwestern because We've talked about it in the past, off the mic, on the mic. I mean, Caleb Waldeck, his ascension was incredible, honestly, from what he got to in his junior season when mm-hmm. they win the conference once again and then what he did last year. And then Noah Alm, like, it is no small feat to try to, I don't even want to say replace. I was going to say replace, but to try to move on, if you will, life without Mr. Alm and yeah. Mr. Waldeck. And he's going to be a huge factor. And it doesn't mean Seth has to walk out there and put up 12, 15 points a game consistently because I don't think that's necessarily the recipe I think last night's a pretty good example honestly when they beat you know a Hamlin squad that's maybe a little bit down this year I don't want to get too into the weeds on that why but here's an example he doesn't even shoot 10 shots he loves to shoot the three ball though he's four or five from deep ultra efficient 
and then he's got three helpers, and he's just controlling the game. And obviously, they're still trying to fill things out, and they like some other guys that they can bring off the bench that can handle the basketball as well. But he doesn't have to do too much, but what is his role, and how does Northwestern replace, I'm going to use the word now, the production Mm -hmm. of Waldeck and Ulm? It's not just going to happen with two guys, but those are two huge pieces, and you saw it on full display wide in the game against Pomona Pitzer. What we saw down the stretch in the season, what we saw from Wally in some huge games that he had where the Eagles needed it, like winning on the road at Bethany Lutheran. When you need Noah Ulm late shot clock, Wyatt, this year, I'm going to ask you straight up right now, and I'm going to stop rambling along here for one moment. Late shot clock, end of game situation, out of a timeout, whatever it is. Is it Kyle getting the ball every time, in your opinion? Is it going to be Seth? Is it going to be switching between those two? Does it have to be Kyle because he's a captain? And he's a dude that's been there for a long time, and he's your best option off the dribble. Well, Who is it, in your opinion? It never has to be anybody okay. for any specific reason. Well, it did reason, have to be Noah, though. It was Noah well, for multiple okay. years. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't because he was the captain or anything like no. that. It was because the dude was, you know. It, it, he earned he, it. He spoke for himself. I mean, you know. But I, I don't know. It's an intriguing question. Kyle's not really like a one-on-one guy from the top of the key. You know what I mean? Like yep. where he's going to just take over and so that's interesting but also when you look at Seth it's like is he the guy is he earned that trust right away yep. coming over but obviously they trust him putting him in the point guard position I it is intriguing and that's something that you know they've always had a guy it seems like at Northwestern where he was the guy that was going to get that last shot it was like even when you go back to like a Michael Carney all those years ago or I mean there, there was Springer always do it yeah yep there was always a guy and this year, we don't really know who that is or who that's going to be. So that is that's fascinating that you bring that up. They're probably just hoping they aren't in that spot very much. But you know, if they <laughs> are, what do be, they do? Though, in my opinion, they they will be at some point, absolutely. And and that will be a big moment for Coach Gross this year is how he handles that and who it's going to be. And I'm sure they already have an idea in the back of their mind based on what they've seen in practice and they kind of know I don't really think there's a right or wrong answer this early in the season you kind of have to just see more as it plays out and kind of figure it out from there that's very well said Wyatt I mean just one other thing to quickly mention I still think and we've heard it talked about all the time from coach Groves and other people associated with Northwestern their number one pillar is rebounding we want to be the best rebounding team in the conference and in any team that we play in any scenario, non-conference or in the UMAC, we want to assert our will on the glass. Okay, last night's a prime example, Wyatt. Yeah, you lose some pieces. We talk about losing Noah Ulm and Caleb Waldeck, and I'm included in this, Wyatt, and I don't do it often enough where I mentioned they also lost another starter. His name's Owen Borma. Yeah, unfortunately yeah. for Northwestern, it had nothing to do with the coaching staff or the game of basketball or anything because the dude is just an absolute stud on the baseball diamond, and early indications say that he is in a fight to be one of the starters for Kansas State in their you know, 1-2-3 setup when they get into Big 12 play later on this spring. Not that anyone cares about that, but anyway. I'm not sure where, where are you getting this information. <laughs> Holy cow, this is a topic There's, for off the mic, I guess. It but. is a topic for off the mic. Anyway, so uh, you know, best of luck to the big old playing baseball. But anyway, they lose two starters, and he was a huge piece of what they did on the glass too. But okay, what I'm getting back to, Wyatt, last night, I know it's just one game. As I mentioned, Hamlin's a little bit down, but just like it was all last season, it's not like you're looking at one guy and saying, all right, you got to get 10, 12 boards every single night, maybe 15 some nights, and you got to carry us on the glass because you're the guy. No. Last night, Henry, Fonboulet, that is, 11 boards. Caleb Hoyling, mm-hmm. nine mm-hmm. boards. Kyle Kamink, eight boards. Those are the big three. You got Juice, Andrew Kohler coming off the bench, who's very capable as well. And then, you know, they teach obviously all their guys to rebound. 
I still think that they are going to be the kings of the UMAC on the glass, and it's not going to take much of a dip, even though there is some changing of the guard. Because let's give Noah credit too, Wyatt, especially down the stretch in the season. He wasn't just, give me the ball and score, and that's all I care about. I'm not going to run down there into the dirty areas and get rebounds on defense. I'm just going to, you know, start going back the other way. I'm going to cherry pick. All I care about is give me the ball, and I'm going to shoot it. He did way more than that, okay? Like, and he deserves credit for it, and it was why he was the player of the year. And we'll maybe talk about that a little more later as far as it comes to our predictions for this season. But all that is to say, I still think they're going to be fantastic on the glass. Now, how do the other things come to fruition? I don't have a question about that. replacing some other scoring though I do have a question with for Northwestern and I'll I'll leave it there before we officially make our selections are you ready now though to move on to crown before we let the listeners know our one two yeah no crown let's let's talk about crown because here's a team that's returning pretty much everything from last year as far as the scoring production the starters everything some guys made some decisions to come back and this is a team a lot of people are looking at as easily one of the teams to have to beat this year if you want to climb the mountaintop and be in that position at the end of the year in the conference tournament or even the regular season for that matter holding the banner holding the trophy so what is it about this team to you Ryan that sticks out what makes them unique what makes them special why do they get so much praise coming into a year like this you know what? I'm going to take a, a philosophy from our guy, John Rothstein, and he's mentioned this so often at the Division One level, and I think it applies in Division Three too. There's all these fun wrinkles that have been added to college basketball and building your roster through the transfer portal and having a great recruiting class and doing it the Kentucky way with these five-star freshmen. You cannot buy in other ways what you get with experience. And being in those huge games and having guys come back who have been in the big moments, have seen the bright lights before, and they're not phased by it. You can't like manufacture that in some other way and say, oh, this is equal. No, nothing beats pure experience in college basketball. David McCormick, Christian Brown, Ochai Abaji, were any of those guys last year, Wyatt for Kansas, guys who just were inserted into the program and then found out a way to do it last year? Hey. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you. I agree. I'm all about that leadership, that that you know longevity over the course of time. Just it, it pays dividends when you need it to. Yeah, sorry. I, I'll try to you know slow down with the D1 references, but I think they work from time to time. And I know they had Remy Martin, and he was big in that tournament as well as a spark plug, and he was a transfer. But all not a big Remy say, Martin guy, but whatever. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway, I won't go there. Uh, so you have to have experience, okay? And you talked about it last year, Wyatt, so adeptly at the end of February when we were on the call together in the Erickson Center and then after the game. You said, and I'm quoting you, it looked like they had the deer in the headlights look in the Erickson Center in that UMAC final. Like, we haven't been in this moment before. You can't simulate this stuff in practice. You can't have your coaches talk to you in a certain way where they'll fully prepare you for it. you got to be thrown into the lion's den and just experience it. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm preaching. If I'm the crown coaching staff this year, Coach Herbert, Coach Singh, any crown supporters, that is going to pay dividends, gentlemen, when we get back to that spot. Because we will be back in that spot. They're saying, obviously, they believe that. That's the goal to get to that stage. You know, time will tell if they're able to get back to that spot. But what does that experience do for them? That's what I'm preaching if I'm a crown supporter this year. And you couldn't have wanted anything more they have everything they need in my opinion to win a conference championship okay 
One thing I'm looking for, Michael Ladd, sir, you got to be more selfish. I know he loves to be a distributor. I think he's the all-time assist leader, I want to say, with the number that he hit in his career last season at Crown. Yeah, he's a good distributor, but we've seen it in stretches, Why, especially when they can go drive from the outside, he needs to shoot more. Okay, that's what I'm looking for this year. Michael Ladd, you got to shoot the basketball more. And then last thing before I'll hand it over to you, and this is a huge storyline, obviously, okay, Cade Carroll, like, I don't know what they got to do as a coaching staff, and sometimes it just stinks, Wyatt, and it is what happens with sports, and it's tough to control it, and it's the Byron Buxton bit that no one can figure out. How do you keep a guy on the field, on the ice, on the court? You got you uh, got to have him healthy and rearing to go for the stretch run because guess what? They got a lot of experience back, and it's all really, really good. But if you get to a spot where he's missing large stretches when we get into the new year and it's crunch time, Wyatt, I think this team isn't anywhere close to the same without number 14 out there. They need Mr. Cade Carroll, and he's got to stay healthy. And I know that's not an exact answer, but Crown needs to have that happen if they want to make this a special season like I believe it can be. Yeah, look, they have everything they need. They have a player of the year candidate. They have some really good guard play. They have enough inside, I would say. To, to do what they need to do. They have a coach that's been around a really long time, a coaching staff that knows what they're doing. They have everything that they would want to go win a title. As far as that goes, though, and health, I mean, that's kind of the case for any team. I mean, you got to stay healthy, right? I mean, if you look but, at Northwestern and they lose. He has history of it is why I'm saying it. He's had history I, I of nagging injuries. I hear you. Yeah, no, I mean, he is going to have to stay healthy and more importantly, probably just be as healthiest when the conference tournament rolls around. Uh, I, I mean, you know, you can afford to miss a game or two here or there or, you know, not play as many minutes early on in the season. But like you said, as you get going, you get to the new year, you get down to that final month, you want him to be at his healthiest. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they manage that and if they can do anything to have that be the case. But you're right. They're an absolutely different team when he's not on the court. There's no question. But as I said, they have all the pieces there. Can they put it together now? And if they get to that moment like they were in last year, will they be ready for it this time around? So there's no question. You can't deny the talent. You can't deny all the pieces and some of the success that they did have a year ago. They're not on anybody's or they're not coming in under the radar. They are on the radar. They are one of the teams to beat. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. And they are officially the Polars. I'm okay calling them that now. It's officially time to turn the chapter, turn to the next chapter, the new chapter, the Crown Polars. We'll see how it goes. All right. Should we unveil what everyone's been waiting for for a long time? Finally, release your one-two. What order do you have these two clubs in? Are you ready? Do you want, do you want me to just come out and say it? You do it. Here we go. I got crown number two, Northwestern oh, number one. Wow. And half the crowd groans and half the crowd goes wild. Well, are you going to flip it, though, <laughs> and make the other half happy? and the uh, Are you going to explain uh, yours first? I, I think you should I can. explain. You I, can't I just can. drop that groundbreaking information and not explain. Well, it's, it's exactly what you said earlier, though, and it was last year they looked like they had a deer in a headlight look what's to say they get back to that moment let's say and if it's at northwestern for a conference title what's to say the same thing isn't going to happen again you know what i mean i think it's crucial for crown to win the regular season title if they want to win this i don't see anybody going into northwestern and beating them in the conference tournament i mean it's very rare when that has ever happened scholastica i know has done it but it just doesn't happen very often so 
it's going to be crucial for them to do that throughout the course of the regular season, have success. And again, with the question mark with is Cade going to be healthy the whole time? Will they drop a game here or there? I don't know. I trust Northwestern to win the regular season title, and I trust them to have home court advantage. It's their conference, like Coach Herbert even said, Ryan. It's Northwestern's conference, really, until somebody can consistently prove to knock them off for more than just one year. And we haven't seen that yet. And I've been very impressed with what I've seen and heard from Northwestern up to this point. It's it's hard not to like this team. And again, Crown's a great team. But for all those reasons, I do have Northwestern above Crown at this time. Okay, before I respond to any of that, before I release my one-two, what do you think I have? I think you have Crown number one, Northwestern number two. Why do you think that? I I think it goes back to Cade Carroll, and I think it goes back to all those guys that are returning and the fact that they are on a mission this year to come back after what happened a year ago and coming up just so short. I'm sure that influenced some of their decisions in coming back. So you said all that so convincingly, and someone could just cut up that audio and say, this is why Wyatt Morrell on this podcast said a couple people care about Pitt Crown College. But yet you just said that just to be devil's advocate. You don't believe that. What do you mean I don't believe it? No, no, everything I you believe just said, that well, is the is case. Year, like, I still yeah. think, hey, hey, look, there's revenge tours every year, and it's fun to talk about when it actually works out. There's a lot of revenge tours that don't work out, and you still come up short. Just saying. You just don't remember that because nobody wants to talk about it because, you know, who who cares? Great point, Wyatt. All great points. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of what you said, I don't count it against them, but I will say what I said before. Like, they got to at least feel a little different if they can get back into that spot. Now, again, I do agree with you. If those two see each other again, and, you know, it could very well likely be in a final again, it's it's more than a big deal if that game's in the WAC or if it's in the Erickson Center. And it's not just Crown. It's it's everyone across the UMAC who's had a tough time winning in that building in the postseason. So that's just saying it how it is when you look back at the history of it. Wyatt, you know me well, all right? I, I'm not going to you know belabor the point any further. We've known each other for a long time. You can see through me. You can read me like a book, even though we're not looking at each other right now and we are hundreds of miles away from each other. But that's the beauty of technology. Anyway, long story short, Wyatt, you know me too well. I have crown number one and Northwestern number two, and you're not shocked whatsoever. So that's unfortunate. I couldn't fool you. I'm not that shocked. Uh, I, I mean, and again, I don't fault you for doing that. I, I think it could go either way. I mean, this this is at the point where knowing what we know from a year ago, it very well could shape up that way. I, I mean, we'll, we'll know a lot more. You might think differently in a couple of weeks. Who knows? And that's... My next point of what I was going to bring up, Wyatt, this could change for me when we get to that first week of December and we do this for real and we lock them in officially, officially before conference play starts. I, I'm very curious to see Northwestern in person multiple times before we make that decision and then crown as well how things move along. But here's the deal with where we sit right now, and we're not going to look too much into the you know opening game box scores where Crown falls to St. Mary's and Northwestern takes care of Hamlin, as we mentioned. But all I needed to see in that box score was Cade back. Was he producing? Was he playing worthwhile minutes? Yes to all of those questions, and that's really all I needed to see, and they'll figure out the rest of it later with – you know, who the third and fourth pieces are in the starting lineup and if it's Massacre or Testerman, like whatever. Like they, they got the pieces, okay, in my opinion. Everything that you said, they got the coaching. They got anything they could want. And because of all that, 
from what we saw with the guys who were on the floor on the 27th of February when you and I were in the gym on that Sunday afternoon in that rocking atmosphere, and then the two guys who are gone from Northwestern who we've talked about, plus Owen Borma, so three starters. And, oh, by the way, the one guy, Noah Ohm, was literally the tournament MVP in the UMAC, and he was the player of the year, and you could argue he's the best player to ever do it at Northwestern, and that may be another conversation for another time, Wyatt, that we don't have time for right now. But losing all that, here's my bit. I can maybe change my opinion when I see this new look for Northwestern in a month, but right now I cannot, in good conscience, pick Northwestern to be number one over Crown. I can't do it. Just based on the rosters back, and again, all things equal and everyone's healthy, I cannot pick Northwestern above Crown. They could do it. I wouldn't be surprised if they look really, really great. And depending on what I see from Crown, like it's not too much of a stretch that I could flip it. But right now, I cannot say Northwestern one and Crown number two. I can't honestly come up with a reason for that, personally. Hey, that's that's why this is great because you know we're giving each fan base something to like and something to dislike and i guess we're keeping it even that way because yeah i i look at it from all the other perspectives and say i mean this is northwestern's conference they do it year in uh, year in year out they just find ways to continue to produce guys i mean no alm came to school and remember his first year he was a guy that nobody was even going to be talking about maybe northwestern has somebody like that that we just don't know about i mean and obviously, you're not going to find another no hey, home. I mean, hey, that's I not will what say, I mean. But if if we do want to drop one name of a guy coming off the bench earlier this season who could get more playing time, who could raise some eyebrows, remember the name, Wyatt. Write this down, all right? You got your pencil? I'm not writing it down. I'm all sitting right, in well, the dark right now, okay. right? I'm not writing it down. <laughs> Jeremiah Lavelle, freshman. Okay. Dude can do anything. Off the dribble. Jump shots. Oh, I saw crazy athleticism. Can rebound. I saw his dunk. I saw his dunk at Eagle Madness. It's it's just how quick, if you will, he can get up to speed, and then he can be inserted. He can play the two through the four through the five potentially. I mean, he can do anything you want on both ends of the floor, and it's just how fast he can get up to speed as a freshman. So uh, that's a name to watch. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll know more in a few weeks from now. All right, with that being said, let's quickly do our player of the year and coach of the year. Which one do you want to do first? Let's uh let's do coach of the year. It's interesting because there's a couple of guys like for instance coach Becker has a situation where he's a new coach Ryan and I feel like if he takes this team and kind of overachieves a little bit he'd be a great candidate for it. And I mean we know a couple of the other teams that are favored to win the conference. I mean th- there's a few candidates that really stick out. For me though if it goes the way I think it's going to go this year uh, I, I'm going to give it to Coach Gross. It's a Northwestern, uh, you know, the, they're going to have a great year in the regular season. They're going to win the title. And if that's the case, it, it's going to be hard for him not to get it. So I know that's the chalk answer, and he's won it so many times before. But that's just honestly how I see the season playing out. Yeah, and I remember when you and I looked at this last year, Wyatt, before the season, and then our predictions for what it would be. When we got to that stage just before the conference actually released it and we were at the end of the regular season, remind me who you said as coach of the year. Remember when we did that right before it was released? Didn't we both say Coach Herbert? uh, You're telling me to remind you of something that happened a year ago. This is what's so great is all my bad takes along with the good ones, they just get flushed out. I don't remember anything I said, and that's why I can continue to get on here and just spit all this stuff at you. 
and and think I know what I'm talking about because I don't remember all the L's I take along the way. That's fair. I'm pretty sure, though, for what it's worth, because I know I said him, and I think you did too, because we had the same logic saying that they surprised the most people with where they were at. And again, this was you know before everything was all said and done, but it was before the conference made their actual picks because here's the deal. like You and I believe that coaches of the year can happen no matter what sport we're talking about, even if it's not the guy or gal who finishes on top. Like, you don't have to be the championship-winning coach to be coach of the year, correct? Correct. Yeah, no, and that's why I said Coach Becker, I think, has a great opportunity potentially to make some noise and do something if they overachieve. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Coach Gross that got it last year, right? Yep. Yeah, so, uh, and that maybe will play into it a little bit this year as well. Who knows? But, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a championship team. I actually think a lot of times it should be somebody else. I agree. Because I think of, you know, and I'm going to say my name here in one moment, I promise. But, like, if Morris gets, like, the four seed and gets to the semis and, you know, maybe surprises someone or something and, you know, gets to a championship or loses a tight game in the semis, like, you could make a case for Coach Grove. Or, like, you know, a team like yeah. that who takes their team to the next level. Coach Polkowski, whatever. Like, a team who's projected. Any of them, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not any, the top any, four. Sorensen at Northland or somebody. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, all of them. Holtseater. I mean, you, you can make the case for all of them. Absolutely. They all have a chance to do just that. I have uh, Luke Herbert as the coach of the year this year in the UMass. Shocker. 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 See, we both, shocker. we both picked the coach for the team that we think is going to you know, be number one in the, in the conference. So. Yeah, because they win the UMAC in the regular season. I mean, obviously the postseason matters why, but then you could just say right there, like, all right, they finally knocked off Northwestern that alone, regardless what happens in the last week of February. Give it to Mr. Herbert. Like, you could say that if you wanted to. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I hear what you're saying. There's nothing wrong with that. And again, it'll be interesting to see how it shapes up. And uh, we're not going to like pick our coach or player. Here's the thing. I don't want to pick the coach or player of the year again from this point moving on. If you want to in a month from now, we can. Nah, but no, I, I think that should stand from this moment on. Like that's our pick and that's that's what we're going with. I agree. And OK, hate to break it to you, Wyatt. You said the same name for coach of the year last year for this year. I'm pretty sure you can't say the same player of the year that was last year for your selection this year. So you're going to have to come up with something No, else. I could, but he's not going to be, you know, we had election day recently. He's not on the ballot. So, I mean, I could write him in, but I'm not, uh, he's not going to win. So, uh, yeah, you're, you are correct in that. I got to be honest, though. I doubt you're going to say the same person you said last year, even though you could. Uh, I'd be mm-hmm. very, very shocked if you so did. So you do but... remember that. You do remember I that. remember that because, because I remember take. thinking you were kind of crazy at the time. Yeah, because yeah, I got egg on my face. That's how you, see, you remember. See, I remember other people's L's. I don't remember my <laughs> own L's. So that's 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 how this works. But, okay, player of the year. I went first for coach of the year. You want to go first for uh, player of the year? Yeah, and I was going to say, let's let's say, let's say uh, guess each other's. Do you, do you want a hint or do you want to just guess who I'm going to say? I think you could guess it. I think you're going to say Kate Carroll. I'm going to say Kate Carroll. It's Kate Carroll. And and I can't I can't fault you for any of that. If he stays healthy, we saw what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll go back to what I said last year, and I still stand by this, and we don't have to get into the whole discussion again, especially based on the results and body of work. I think he should have got player of the year last year. And he's back and Noah isn't. And I'm not even going to make it any more complicated than that. 
I would agree. I think we both kind of agreed. It was so interesting to see that race kind of wrap up the final week or two in the season and just the different performances in the games because it was really tight. And I think you could have given it to him, Noah. I think even Brian Smith at a time, yep. you know, the guy I picked was in the conversation. So it was really fun to watch that and see the results that those guys were doing. They were balling at the end of the year. It was a lot of fun to watch. Coming into this year, I think it's kind of a three-person race initially here, and then, you know, there's going to be some dark horses that maybe will throw their hat into the ring, but you got Cade Carroll, you've got Micah Filer, and you got Kyle Kamink, right? I mean, would you kind of agree those are the three right now, at least, that are kind of in a tier of their own as far as preseason goes? This is not to knock Kyle at all, because I think he's a huge talent, but I just think with the way Northwestern's going to operate this year, he's not going to have, like, the heavy volume end of shot clock, end of game, like we talked about earlier that Noah did. I think you put Cade and Micah at their own tier. Those two. It's it's interesting because you look at those two, and a big reason of that is just from the scoring standpoint. There's more to the game than scoring, though, Ryan, as, as you even tried to those say last year. Those guys can both year. defend. I mean, they don't get enough love. They got a lot of length, and they can scoot a little bit. Like, they're not just moving to get open for their jump shots. Like, they don't get enough love. Oftentimes, Wyatt, Cade, and Micah are guarding the best player on the other side of the floor. Hey, I hear you, but so is uh, K-Mink as well. He is, and again, I'm not I'm not ripping on 2K10 Kyle K-Mink. Like, the dude can do all of that. I just don't know as a team if it's going to show up as much. And guess what, Wyatt? Like, the eye test matters with this stuff, but a lot of this is, you know, box score hunting and looking at what kind of numbers you Correct. put up. And numbers matter. And as far as volume goes, I think it's going to be more so Carroll and Filer at that next level. I don't disagree with you. That that very well could be the case. Do you see where I'm going with this, though? You got Kyle. I'm going to take... Here's the deal. If you could give me one player, it's it would either be him or it would be Cade Carroll. Easily. Like, those two. Micah would be a third choice. Those are the three, in my opinion. Like, if you're just giving me a basketball player to look at and say, okay, for instance, when we pick our UMAC Fantasy Basketball players, those would be the two guys. It's like, those are the guys I want right away to start my team with. And I'm going to give it to Kyle, and here's why. Think about what he's gone through the last couple of years. He wasn't healthy last year. Yeah. he's He wasn't healthy at all. And he is going to be the guy that gets a lot of opportunities. Again, they're very balanced, but he's still the main driving force. I think he's going to be able to do enough. They're going to crash the glass. He's going to get a lot of rebounds. He's going to have an opportunity, like you said, from the defensive side of the ball to make a statement that way. And he's going to score his points. He's going to get his. I think he has all he needs to potentially make a run at it. And you know how the saying goes, you give it to the best player on the best team oftentimes if, you know, within reason, of course. And I think that he he's going to be that guy this year. I, I'm okay picking him. Uh, to be that guy so big shocker we picked uh you know the team to win it the coach of the year and the player from that team so a lot of fun i guess with our predictions real quick Wyatt, i think it's fascinating though when you look at that and you compare a guy like kyle and cade who both of them have had like pretty serious injuries that have held them out for a long period of time multiple times already in both of their careers and you know cade has a lot of attention on him that hasn't really changed from last year. You could maybe say more this year because maybe there's more expectations with Crown. But for Kyle Wyatt, he's always been respected for people who know the game. They understand the talent that he is, but there's a different level of attention and a higher level of eyeballs put on Mr. Kaming this season versus any time in the past he's been at Northwestern. Like, 
dude, more people are looking at you. And I don't say that to say like, okay, he's he's got to carry the weight of the team on his shoulders. Because again, like I said before, I don't think that is the way that Northwestern operates. But with Noah gone, with Wally gone, with Owen gone, like, hey, dude, like, your name is coming up faster than it used to, if you will. So I, I just hope, Wyatt, because you and I talk about this all the time, and I'm going to drop the cliche once here. We want to see the best players play regardless of what team they're playing for and what interests that you have. If you're a Morris fan, if you're a Northwestern fan, if you're a Bethany fan, whatever it may be, even if it's on a team that you're playing against, you want to see the best players and you want to go head-to-head against the best competition and beat the best competition. And you and I on this pod, Wyatt, because we're looking at the whole UMAC, for all these top-level players, we want to see them all on the floor and just hope that injuries aren't a huge factor. But you and I both know, Wyatt, I mean, that's the deal with sports. Injuries are always going to be a factor. I hate to say it, Wyatt. We're not going to go through this whole season and say, man, Wyatt, you know what? We're almost a Valentine's Day, and none of these high-level players have missed a single game in the UMAC. It's no. a miracle. All the athletic trainers have some magic touch this year. It's it's not going to happen that way. Sorry, it's just not. No, you're right, and I wish it could happen that way. I mean, that would uh, that, that'd be good for everybody involved. But, yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying i hear you with all of that now basically let's let the chips fall where they may and see what happens it's it's gonna be a fun year i totally agree Wyatt. i uh don't want to you know extend this too much further because i understand we've already been talking for a long time and uh it's getting late here on this on this wednesday evening and you and i have things to do tomorrow but just want to leave our listeners if you uh are okay with this just with a little tease of what's to come and something to look forward to before we even next hop on the mics, what you can be watching for in some of these early compelling matchups in the UMAC, even though it's still non-conference play, Wyatt, we can learn a lot and you can pull for everybody. If you're listening to this, you should be pulling for all the UMAC squads right now, in our opinion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So can we, can we look at some potential games of the week on the docket? I'm not going to tell you no. Uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do it. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say you can't do it. What do you got for us? If you want to butt in and say, no, 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 Ryan, this game's better on this day, like you go ahead and do it, okay? But uh, what I'm looking at here, Wyatt, I got three games down on my piece of paper to look forward to this weekend. One's on Friday, one's on Saturday, one's on Sunday. This is real simple, all right? First one, on Friday. Lots of teams are already underway so far as we get to early, middle of this week now. But Bethany has to wait a little longer. They have an opening stretch on the road that Coach Garvin talked to us about last week when we chatted with him. They open up their season at the Milwaukee School of Engineering, a high-quality club. We saw Northwestern and North Central take on MSOE last season on the road to open up their opening weekend. It's a new era for Bethany, Wyatt. What do we see in their season opener? Are Ackley and Patterson going to combine for 30-plus? Are they going to put up 85, and are they going to raise eyebrows across the land, or is it going to be a slower start? Fun fact, Milwaukee School of Engineering actually just played uh, Milwaukee, who then played Purdue, and in their game against Milwaukee, they got beat like 110 to 40. So uh, just just Oof. to let you know a little bit of a difference between Division One and Division Three, I guess. Well, and what did Purdue do to Milwaukee? Now I'm interested it to was... see Zach Eady's box score. I think it was like 20. Yeah, Zach Eady, oh my goodness. Uh, 20 points, I want to say. Something like that. I don't have the exact number. but All right. Um, As you're talking, i got to see the anyways, that Zach Eady put up. Yeah. So kind of interesting. I mean, if Bethany you know, can beat 
the Milwaukee School of Engineering, I mean, we can say, hey, they would have given a Division One school a better run for their money. So a lot on the line, I guess, this Friday. Because when you actually started that sentence, Wyatt, that's what I was thinking. You were going to do one of these transitive property bits, and you were going to say, and by the transitive yeah, un- property, we know that Bethany could potentially, by the end of the weekend, un- be slated as better than Purdue. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, the the cards didn't align, and you know the matchups didn't fall the way we wanted them to. But it, it'd still be a nice win for him on the road, like you said, to get your number three underway for Coach Garvin. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Are you gonna make a prediction? Are they gonna finish the season with a win or a loss? I'm, I'm putting you on the spot, Wyatt. Finish the season finish, with I'm, a win or a I'm loss? Horribly stated. It's getting a little late here. Uh, are they gonna start <laughs> okay, the season just... with a win or a loss? There we go. I just want to make sure I was hearing yep. you right, and we weren't like saying, are they going to raise the banner in uh, <laughs> Division Three national champs or something? But I think they win that one. Okay. I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Knowing Buzzer beating the three very, from Mason knowing, Ackley. You heard it from no, Wyatt. Knowing the very little I do about the <laughs> Milwaukee School of Engineering, I just saw the final score. I didn't actually look at the box score and see what they did against Milwaukee, but... Uh, yeah, no, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to guess what your matchup is on Saturday, by the way. Go ahead. The Wisconsin Superior one. That's actually not what I have. I was thinking That's about gonna that be a one. Good, it's going to be a good one. And it's interesting because it says Platteville or Lawrence, so they don't know which one they're playing yet, I so guess. So it is because, Wyatt, it is the Merrill Thompson Classic happening okay. at Mertz Mortarelli gymnasium out in superior wisconsin so an opponent to be determined it's all brought to you by the national bank of commerce out in superior wisconsin anyway that's enough of a promotion for them but a uh, a little bit of a shindig going on this weekend out in superior early season basketball you love to you see love it. to see it you love to see it I, I mean you gotta love the slate there too and it's a great opportunity so then i, I gotta think you must be going North Central and Oak Hills Christian, I guess, or else Bethany. I mean, you're not going to do Bethany again, are you? Yes, it's not going to just be Bethany. None the whole of those time. three you said. Don't are tell what me I it's have. don't tell me it's Crown and no. Trinity Bible. So Northland. Yeah. Okay. Good. You're not over five. Yes. Well, it's it would be impossible for me to be over five. I I would think, but really, okay. So tell me why. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. So this is their home opener. I mentioned a little bit earlier in the pod, and that feels like it was like three hours ago. I know you probably don't remember this, why, but they shot the ball really well at UW-Stout last night in their season opener. Couldn't come up with a victory, though. This is their home opener. You mentioned it's like the Bermuda Triangle when you play baseball at Northland. I mean, that's a that's a pretty cool barn, the Kendrigan Center. I wanted to throw that out there when you were uh, talking about their gymnasium. So uh, we know some interesting things can happen there, as you mentioned earlier. And last year, Wyatt, when North Northland faced off against Beloit, who they're playing on Saturday, 66-62 razor-thin margins for Northland to win that game late in December last year. So I'm expecting a five-point margin either way. Can the Lumberjacks pick up their first win on Saturday? Home opener. Show up, show out, support Coach Sorensen's club. I think that's going to be a great game. Again, we wish them the best, as we do all the UMAC teams. It's not a UMAC versus Mayak, but we do uh, hope that they are able to get it done. Uh, I have a 50-50 chance of getting the one right on Sunday, and I have a pretty good idea of which you one you're going to do. Wrong, and it's, we're going to shut down the podcast forever. Well, and it's interesting because they moved this game to Sunday, correct? It's the Northwestern-Bethel game, the rivalry renewed, as you always like to say. I forget, yes. did they ever end up getting to play last year? There was the big deal with the scheduling. Did they ever get that game in? No, and I think you're thinking of Northwestern versus Scholastica. Northwestern was never oh, scheduled maybe to that's play what Bethel it was. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. But newer coach, I think he's only in his second season for Bethel. I, I should know that, but 
let's just put it this way. I got a lot of other things to do the next four days before we get to Sunday. So anyway, all that is to be said, yeah, the rivalry is renewed Sunday, Wyatt. Bethel at Northwestern in the Erickson Center for the home opener. Yeah, we, we didn't initially expect it to be on a Sunday at 4 p.m., but Wyatt, what is going to happen in this? Is it going to somehow, some way, live up to all the hype that has been built for this matchup that we've been waiting for for, I think it's six years since they've played each other, if not seven years? And for those of you listening who may not know, Bethel University in Arden Hills is literally what, Wyatt? mile and a half two miles down the road from Northwestern. yeah it's 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 walking distance for sure i've done it before i've walked actually from northwestern to bethel back when haley was going there so it's it's doable and uh that just goes to show you how important it is i think for these schools to play each other and i mean you mentioned i mean northwestern went down snelling to play hamlin the other night i mean bethel uh, another team in the mayak right next to him even closer And so to get this back on the schedule, props to them for making it work. I don't care if it's on a Sunday at 4 p.m., just the fact that they're able to do it. And uh, hopefully this is something we see for the years to come as well. Yeah, and props to the new coaching staff at Bethel because I'm just going to say it how it is. Northwestern wide has called them every year, and for the last multiple years they've just said, no, we're not playing the game. So uh, I appreciate Coach Filzen saying, you know what, we're not doing what the old coaching staff has done. He and – Coach Gross are good friends, and they got this thing on the schedule, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it on Sunday. And I know you may not know much about Bethel Wyatt, but you know what you need to know. I'll just put it that way. How's that one going to finish Sunday afternoon? Oh, it'll be interesting. I, uh, Yeah, I, I, I don't know enough about Bethel, unfortunately, to make a call on this How about this? this? Game, I'll give but... you this. They lost their season opener 92-69 to to UW-Eau Claire. Bethel did, though, shoot a whopping 53% from the field and 50% from deep. So it wasn't for a lack of shooting ability, but they turned the ball over 19 times. So I don't know if that helps or hurts your your ability to predict this one. I feel like Northwestern is going to be ready to go for this one at home. I'm not going to pick a Mayak team over a UMAC team in any situation. I'll take (laughs) Northwestern. Fair enough. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that one, and as they say on College Game Day, sometimes I guess I can't make a pick Wyatt because I'm on the call. So sorry, I just can't. I guess it's not legal. That's for me to fair. Do that. That's that's a good that's a good cop out for you. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't make the pick, and uh, I'm glad that you are honoring that and sticking to it. So uh, with that, I think uh, that should pretty much just wrap this one up, huh? Yeah, I I don't have anything else, Wyatt. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for hanging in and hanging on. I did not anticipate that this thing was going to take as long as it has. Where we are not too. We're going to have to yeah maybe maybe see if we can shorten (laughs) up the women's one, and we're not going. I mean, not that people don't like listening to us talk, but I mean, an hour and a half. Not that we couldn't talk, but yeah, it's just at a certain point, you know. Our bosses who are giving us direction for this project actually they don't exist, but uh, uh, you know, some people would say. Eh, you you should only go so long in these uh, episodes that you do. But I will say this: I, why, I this feel is like gonna I be know long. exactly who you're talking about right now. As in our bosses, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I know who came to mind when you said that. Anyway, I'll just say this for the listeners: we appreciate you if you have hunted in for this long and you are listening to this whole thing. I mean, send us an email: uao the umac at gmail for any reason. If you'd like to get involved, if you have future suggestions, feedback on what you're listening to, but especially if you're saying, hey, I got to the end of the pod, let us know. If you send us an email and say, I got to the end of the pod, we promise, I'm going to say promise even though I didn't run this by Wyatt, we will give you a shout out the next time that we record and say, 
Thank you very much. We surely do appreciate it. But Wyatt, I don't anticipate us doing a lot of episodes, at least as far as regular season goes. When we get to postseason, some of that can change. But we're not going to do many episodes where we're going to talk for for this long because this is a long time. I yeah. I mean, I'm not going to make any promises. (laughs) And you're in charge of the shout-outs, I guess, if uh, that's going to be a thing. But... No, it's fun to have it back. Uh, Women's preview will be coming out soon, and uh, we'll dive into that. And there's a lot to talk about on that side as well. Lots of storylines on both sides. Looking forward to seeing how it all shapes up. Could not agree more, folks who've been waiting for this time. It is finally here. We are not rushing into it, though. Conference play will get here soon enough. Live in the moment. Enjoy it. The action is heating up on the inside, while outside right now it is... uh, Oof-da. It's uh, it's getting rough real quick. But uh, it's all right. We knew this was coming. Uh, it builds courage, and I'll stop talking about the weather because people normally tell me that I do that too often. So, Wyatt, are you all good to wrap this thing up? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a fun time of the year. We're up here in uh, blizzard country. Uh, you know, we're trying to break the record of 11. We got one on the way tomorrow, so uh, we'll huddle in and uh, enjoy some basketball. But uh, we're looking forward to it. As always, if you want to get involved, email us UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com or on Twitter, so you can check us out there as well. And uh, we love any feedback we can get questions, gripes, complaints, comments, concerns, whatever it may be. Let us know. We're here for it. We're doing this for the people, and we're looking forward to it. So, with that being said, we'll catch you next time on the Unlike Any Other the UMAC podcast.